welcome back for another video. It's a special video today. We're welcoming our first guest on of the season, uh, and it's some guest as well. We've got Ali Jahangirov, the reigning FPL world champion in the building. Uh, it's actually not the first time that we've spoken as well. Uh, Ali came on the channel, I think it was around Gaming 30 last season, uh, when Ali just broke number one in the world. Uh, which isn't actually the first time that a number one's come on the channel either. But on every occasion, they failed to hold on to number one, which is obviously really hard to do. Uh, I was starting to worry that there was a bit of a curse on the channel, but Ali followed that up by going on to win the whole thing. Uh, he's been on BBC, he's been on Sky Sports, uh, and of course he's back on the FBL Focal YouTube channel. Ali, awesome to have you back, mate. How are you? I'm great, thank you, Oscar. It's been... Uh, it's been... A good break we've had from uh, an FPL and uh, football overall. I'm happy to be back here with you once again because uh, I very much enjoyed our chatting last time around. Yeah, I did as well. We were saying um, in our private messages, uh, I really enjoyed that, our last chat. So it's good to have you back. Uh, obviously, Ali's here to uh, share his Game Week 1 team. Before we get stuck in, I do have to quickly ask, how did it w feel to win the whole thing? Uh, it's mixed feelings because the last... Uh, game week was a really really stressful one and it was a lot of up and downs with every five minutes changing the uh you know points and the uh you know top three were just uh, extremely uh, crazy it's it's hard to explain because you, you, at, at one point I, I thought i just lost it and uh it was the mood around the place was really down you know it, and uh, the, it, it's imagine. hard to explain. Were you it's checking your live to... rank or were you following what was oh, yeah. going on around you? You were, yeah. Yeah, my mates uh, got my phone off me uh, in the last 10 minutes because they're like, yeah, okay, you're, 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 you're going through hell right now. Just let, it, let us do I it for you. I can't begin so. to imagine, man. Yeah, that must have been <laughs> I stressful. I was just watching the Arsenal game in the, in the end, just, you know, <laughs> just forgot about everything and just waiting for the results to... Uh, well, you clutched it, so congrats. Um, so, by the way, Ali had a high team ID last season, and he's got a high ID this season. So don't waste your time trying to get high IDs. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but... I don't know why it matters, but uh, I guess for some people it's just, this, uh, you know, it's just a good feeling to have a low ID. But I guess so. Still, yeah. really as long as you can remember it well. So that... Yeah, that's true, yeah. Well, anyway, you tweeted the other day about your target for this season. Um, in fact, that's a good opportunity to pull up your rank history because it wasn't just a fluke uh, winning it last season. Obviously, number one last season, but the season before, you finished uh, top 250, right? Not two, not top 250K, top 250 in the world. I think you actually were yeah. 215, right? 215, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he's got solid rank history, uh, a proven record. So, uh, yeah, welcome, Ali. Let's get stuck into your team, which uh, is as follows. So we'll start with the goalkeepers, and then we'll do it row by row, and then we'll look at defenders, midfielders, and so on. So uh, in the goalkeepers you've got is Fabianski, and then you've got Ariola on the bench. So you've got the West Ham duo there. Uh, what's the thinking with those two? Well, um, I'm not really settled with my goalkeeping positions, but uh, what I usually like to do is just pick one for 4.5, not not too expensive because it's not really worth it you know you um there's rarely a good 5.0 goalkeepers that will get you the same save points and uh clean sheet points uh Aaron ramsdale is a good option but uh you're just you know thinking to yourself maybe uh going for a defender option 
from Arsenal is a better, uh, you know, uh, decision for you. But for me, just uh, Fabianski is just a placeholder. He might well uh, be replaced by Ariola uh, as a playing goalkeeper for West Ham because uh, Fabianski is not getting younger. Now, he's 38 now. It's not a. It's a good age for a goalkeeper, but uh, he's been having some uh, injury issues lately, and uh, it. We'll see. They have good couple of game weeks uh, in starting five, so it's not a. We'll see how the transfer market develops for West Ham because losing Declan Rice might really impact their defensive output. It's so point. we're just the placeholder at the moment. But yeah. uh, I just a, uh, if Fabianski doesn't start, Ariola does. So it, right. it, it's a Leicester situation uh, of, pre, of, of, of the last season. So. And I know that West Ham played uh, their first pre-season game last night. And interestingly, Fabianski started that one. Ariola not in the squad. But obviously, we're all hoping that maybe Ariola's coming back from pre-season late and he becomes the first choice. Yeah, as you say, in which case, Fabianski could be any four and a half. And then you can't go wrong with a four-mil keeper. Uh, No-brainer. You mentioned um, Ramsdale, but then you said you prefer the Arsenal defence. So let's have a look at your defenders then. So you've got Estepinian, Shaw and Enzinchenko. Um, but you made some interesting choices here because you last season I think you had a, you went big at the back right you had like Trent Cancelo James all those big guns you do have Trent but he's on your bench along with Ake so um, yeah talk us through the defender and the bench choices there you could you you could say it's uh, big at the back but uh, not the starting uh, eleven um, last season I went for four three three because a lot of managers just went with five defenders. And I didn't think that, you know, uh, it's, it's the case that sometimes you uh, find it hard to move your money from the defense. And this year, it's just there are so many good options for $5 million in the defense uh, department because uh, even Ake, uh, some of the, all of the Arsenal defenders, let's say, uh, Estupinian did had a really really good season so yeah. 5-0 it's it's a really nice price for him and i think he'll be in a lot of uh he's over 50 percent owned at the moment mm. so i think he might be one of the most normal. owned yeah if not the most owned defender at the moment yeah, yeah good season good game. fixtures uh the, the one thing i wanted to mention about the pricing this season is that um uh, having so many good options in the same price bracket it just gives you so many so many different great options and which makes it hard to uh you know pick a template team because there will be a lot of high owned players um when back in the days sometimes there some of the players were priced too high so the high price highly priced defenders were just dictating the rest of your team you know? like 6.5 6.0 million defenders like chillwell or let's say james they were just you know setting up a tone for for the rest of your team but uh, this time i think you can't go wrong with having a couple of good five million options in your defense and uh if you look at the uh, attacking players in midfield or forward department there are not many players for like 4.5 or 5 million it's, it's just not existing at the moment, and that's why you're trying to look for value 
uh, in defense. And that's exactly where it is. Yeah. I was just thinking, it's a different approach from me it, this year. It is, I yeah. That was an interesting yeah. point to note that. Yeah, and you're right. Last season, we were spoilt for choice. We had um, Andreas, four and a half mil. You know, he was excellent. Uh, I think he put double-digit attacking returns over the season. But, yeah, this season's uh, a bit on its head in that respect. There's a complete lack of four and a half mil mids, complete lack of uh, budget forwards, really. Um, just quickly, though, on Trent, though. So you've got Trent, eight mil, the highest price he's ever been. But you've got him benched for game week one. Are you back in Chelsea to score there? And then thereafter, Trent's first choice in your team? It's a, I'm not sure how uh, both Liverpool and Chelsea will set up. Uh, during preseason, but uh, if I see, you know, high-scoring uh, results from Liverpool, I think Trent has to be in your starting eleven, you know, regardless of uh, the fixture. But it also depends on Chelsea preseason as well. Uh, if they have a good preseason, scoring for fun, and uh, it, it's a fifty-fifty at the, at the moment, but. It's still up in the air for me, but uh, I'm highly considering putting him in starting 11. But yeah. for now, he's on my bench. Just yeah, for the Wolves exactly. game, I, it's, it, it's just hard to jump on him after. So I'll have it uh, from the beginning for sure. I think, I think we're all hoping that Chelsea do kick on and Pochettino has the impact uh, that certainly Chelsea fans want. But yeah, from an FPL perspective, there's a lot of bargains there. You know, um, James, I know he's got bad injury record, Chilwell, you know, Sterling, if he can get back to his best. Lots of options there. So, yeah, they're a bit of a wait and see, but we'll have to see. All right, so your midfield then, um, this is where you've really moved your money around to um, compared to last season when it was in defence. So you've got Rashford, Matoma, Saka and Ciso and Mbumo. So uh, talk us through the midfield. Um, it's Matoma and... Uh... Mitoma and Estupinian would be in every team, uh, it, if you look at it, uh, because there are obvious options that have been, I'm talking about Brighton assets, yep. but having that extra uh, third uh, asset from Brighton would, you know, gain you ranks in case if, if they score, because uh, you have to include a couple of differentials in your team, and one of them is in CISO for me. And I think for 5.5, even classified uh, as a midfielder after the last year's striker position, yeah. I think it makes him a better better option because he's played everywhere throughout the prompt four, I believe. And in the absence of Alexis McAllister, I think he would take that number 10 spot. And he's just, you know, fun to watch. Uh, he's a good, good player. Uh, he's always energized, you know, he's positive going forward. So I like everything about him, as long as he starts. Uh, uh, we'll have to look at the. It could be yeah, game. it could be a breakout season for him. But yeah, I'm glad you said that about differentials because literally just yesterday, um, I made a video about differentials and I made the exact same points you just made about in CISO. So yeah, five point five mil. If this is his breakout season where he locks down that number ten role, yeah, it'd be incredible value. For Rashford at nine million, I think he's a good value as well because. Is easily a you know 10, 11 million player when he's, especially after last season, he's he's upped his game so much, and uh, and uh, it's not a Rashford from a couple of years ago when it was really, you know, frustrating uh, for owners to watch him play, because he was really wasteful with his chances, but not this uh, time around, he's uh, improved. Very, very much, and uh, I'm looking forward to having my team. 
And you'd rather him over Bruno then? Is that for the goal threat or what's the thinking there for the extra 0.5 he costs? I think I'm not sure how uh, Mason Mount will integrate in that midfield because uh, that might have an effect on Bruno's attacking outfield. Yeah, it could be the guy who pre-assists all the time, but uh, we'll see in the preseason games. But uh, Bruno uh, for 8.5 is just absolute bargain, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. He managed to you know score near near amount of points that he's been scoring in previous seasons. It's just an absolute bargain. And it makes you think, you know, uh, it gives you an uh, additional headache when you pick Rashford or Bruno. If, if you have, if you need a point five in your bank to stretch to someone else, that might be the option. Because it's, it's, FPL this year is a lot, a lot more flexible in terms of the budget. And there are a lot of good players in 7 million bracket, 7.5 million bracket. Man City mids are just cheap as anything. You know? it's, I love the fact that uh, some of the players are just priced low, but it doesn't ruin the overall dynamic of the game. It just makes it better because you, yep. you don't know who to choose. Right, exactly. And you mentioned there, you know, because of the price points, it is easier to be flexible with your budget. So uh, am I right in saying you've got 0.5 mil in the bank as well on top of this? Yes. What's the plan with that? Is that just for a rainy day to catch price rises or to keep yourself flexible? Yeah, to keep myself flexible because I usually, what I usually do is just uh, roll in the second game week and have two free transfer for the game of three. And uh, sometimes I do, I even take a hit or maybe two if needed. I don't like to wildcard early and that's my way of managing my team uh, during the beginning of the season. Um, that's part of the reason why I went with uh, five playing uh, defenders because, because I can easily just sell one of them uh, if, it, if it doesn't perform. Yeah. And uh, that means I'm covering a lot more possibilities uh, of you know players doing well. So it's, there's a lot of options uh, in defensive uh, department. That's why it just I don't think having a, you know, even 4.0, 4.5 million defenders are not mm -hmm. that appealing for me. And it's just worth going a little bit more, but having a good, good asset in your team. And lastly, before we look at the front two, uh, Mbumo as well, six and a half mil. What's the thinking behind that? It's mostly because of his ownership. Uh, from the starting game week, it doesn't make sense to go, uh, you know, too different. So you might as well just have him. Uh, there's nothing wrong about him. He's been doing good for Brentford. Uh, but it's not like I've been scouting him for a while and I wanted him in my team. It just uh, is his, his, his the first bandwagon of the FPL community on Twitter. And uh, I, I've seen him in uh, many yep. uh, drafts. Yeah. But uh, it could be anyone for me. Uh, I could even fund the move for Foden or uh, Luis Diaz let's say from Liverpool because they're just 7.5 and they're just 1 mil million away. That's what I like about it. It's, uh, there's so many good options and so many uh, you know, potentially great differentials. You mentioned them bandwagons there. So uh, I think something we can take encouragement from is that although you won the whole thing last season, it wasn't a perfect season by any means. 
the world band about. I think you had Bailey, didn't you? Game week one. I think you had Dina. Yeah, I, I was totally no there with you. I had them as well. So you know, there were picks like that, which um, that, you know, they were banging wagons and they didn't come good at all. Especially Dina, but don't get me started on Dina. So yeah, I think that's something we can take encouragement from. You know, there are bandwagons every season, especially at the very start when activity is at its highest and everyone's transferring players. You know, if some random player starts well and everyone's bringing them in, um, you know, they could quite easily disappoint after. I think De Silva from Brentford was another one last season. He scored in the first two games, and that was about all he did all season. Uh, right, so let's have a look at your front two then. So uh, you've got Haaland. Uh, he <laughs> doesn't need much justification, Harland. And then you've got Jesus. So just talk us through those two. Um, the reason why I went for three-five-two uh, was that uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, argumentative tweets about having a good four-five-one formation, but having one striker uh, in place of Harland is just too risky for me because it's, there will be strikers who, you know start season well and uh, you would want to get at least one of them and going from you know bench player like 4.5 or 5 million striker to most likely 7.5 8 million player that would you know you have to get found somewhere that's why I, I've decided to go with 352 um, and the best by far option uh, up there will be uh, starting attacker, starting forward for Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, uh, he's, uh, I think he started last season really well, and I, I don't think this uh, this time around would be any different. So we'll we'll see if he, you know, keeps fit and uh, starts firing. I think he will be in many of the teams. Yep. It's easy. It's also easy to, uh, you know, sell him to go down for six million Ferguson or Calvert-Lewin or there's a lot of options as well. But having that uh, extra striker um, spot in your team, it's uh, absolutely crucial because you will have to, you know, uh, take hits, multiple hits in order to go to from four five one to three five two, even three four three. I mean, it, it all depends on uh, what players are popular out there. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on the fence between Jesus or um, Erdegaard, but you're starting to warm me up to him, I have to say. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to overlook double Arsenal attack, given the fixtures. Um, so, you yeah. Can't you can't go wrong with Arsenal attackers. No, because, exactly. Um, uh, for me, it was a combination of Inciso and Jesus with the uh, combination of Martinelli or Odegaard plus Ferguson. So uh, right. it's bright Arsenal combo, yeah. And um, might well go with any of those, but it, it all depends on what season. Yeah, I mean, if Ferguson looks like he's locked down that spot, yeah, it'd be hard to overlook him. He's a great option. Um, are there any players who? As well. Yeah, exactly. Are there any players uh, that didn't make your team here, but are firmly in your thinking? You mentioned Ferguson there, maybe Martinelli. Are there any other players uh, in your thinking that didn't actually make the draft? Um. Uh, I'm really excited to see it's it's you know it's interesting to coming from an Arsenal fan, but I'm excited to see how Spurs uh, get on with a new coach and uh, a new recruitments they had uh, in face of uh, Madison and Solomon. It's it's an interesting attacking duo they've recruited. So uh, um, just as long as Kane stays, 
I think uh, it will be interesting to see how they uh, perform. But uh, with they've been lacking a real good creator in the middle, and now they have it uh, in Madison. So uh, I'm really, you know, excited to see how Son develops with the Madison yep. in the team because he could, you know, uh, go on with a on a run and uh, down the left flank. It, was his speed it's it's interesting to see how tactically they set up and uh, uh, I think uh, if anyone from uh, even was Richardson at seven point I think it's I think it's seven million right As I think he is yeah Madison seven and a half Kulisevsky seven yeah. not sure on Solomon I feel like he might be back up to Kulu but we'll have to see yeah. no but Richardson he could be a good option if Kane leaves it's a starting striker for out of position striker for Spurs and with a good new uh, tactical system I think they will be in interesting to watch. I totally agree yeah Sam was another one I mentioned in the differentials video you know he's had one bad season you know Rashford's had a few bad seasons and now he's back to his best and yeah Posta Cogley is supposed to be in a very attacking coach so yeah I'm interested to see how Spurs do even if Kane does leave you know, Real Madrid, they fared okay after Ronaldo left. That was a huge departure. So, you know, if Kane does end up leaving for Bayern or wherever it is, um, you know, it might not necessarily affect other assets negatively. So, yeah, I'm keen to see how they yeah. do. Um, I wanted it to be a good thing, you know, Kane leaving because uh, they, they will have to adapt completely a new system. Right. So I wanted to talk about chips. Um, last season, you saved your second wild card until quite late in the season. Is that your plan again, uh, or are you just keeping it flexible? It will be a little bit harder this uh, this season because we don't have a World Cup in the middle of the season, and uh, the World Cup just basically gave us another wild card. Season. Yeah, and, uh, it was easier to wild card late last season because I did in game with twelve, I believe. Uh, I was planning to attack last five fixtures before the World Cup, and then complete, you know, uh, renovate the team uh, completely with the unlimited transfers. But this time around, I'll I'll, I'll try to delay it as much as possible, and uh, we'll have to, you know, navigate first seven or eight game weeks at least with the free transfers, and that's why that's part of the reason why I went with just one dead spot in my team as a. Uh, 4.5 striker. Uh, and what's your plan then with the other chips? You know, the, the bench boost, free hit, triple captain. When do you generally favour using those? It's uh, it's generally in the second time, in the second half of the season when yep. the blanks and doubles come up. Yep. Uh, I think there's no right way to play it. Uh, I'm actually writing a book if I haven't mentioned it. Uh, I'm writing a book on uh, my journey to. Uh, the top of FPL and the strategies I've used and some of the tips will be there so uh, uh, be sure to uh, tune in when I publish it by the end of this month so uh, it should be an exciting reading for uh, the viewers and uh, uh, the community overall uh, I there is no right way of playing your chips chips are there for your to get you out of jail you know when your team needs it but uh, there's an argument to be had that uh, you have to think about maximizing point, points potential. And uh, that's exactly uh, when the blanks and, uh, you know, doubles games kick in. Uh, so uh, my, 
it's for me um i know i'll be using them later you know late in the season so yeah i think it's a proven method uh, method and that's the way to generally use the chips later in the season but yeah i look forward to um seeing that book when that does come out we'll have to catch up later in pre-season uh, when that is out later this month uh, a couple more questions then so last season captaincy um played a massive part in you winning fpl uh, you had a 75 percent success rate last season which is um pretty impressive how do you decide your captains each week? And is Haaland locked in for you, game week one? Um, he's not locked in for me because of the first game week of the uh, for the first game of the game week. Um, I find it hard to go against him because uh, it will solely depend on uh, his preseason uh, performances. Because uh, even last year, I think Haaland uh, had the a relatively poor preseason because he wasn't really that exciting. But when he started playing in the Premier League, it was just you know, uh, it's like he he never had a break and uh, he just hit the ground running. So um, as a captaincy, I think there are two good alternatives to Holland. Because, uh, yeah. One is Rashford at home against Wolves. Yeah, you've got another options there. Is, yeah, another one is Saka at home against Forest. So these are two alternative options to Holland. For those who, you know, want to go a little bit different from the game week, from the beginning, from early on. So uh, he's not locked in, but uh, I'll have to decide when I see the preseason stats and everything. Well, it's a, it's a great first draft. I really like it. So yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, Ali, and good luck this season. Thanks for showing us your team. Um, if you guys would like to follow Ali, it's uh, at FBL Guns on Twitter. Uh, and he's going to have a go at YouTube content as well. So I'll link those below so you can uh, follow him. I um, hope to catch up again, as I said, Ali, later in the preseason. I'm also happy to uh, announce that uh, I'm an official pro pundit for Fantasy Football Scout right now. So uh, I'm really looking forward to some video content on Fantasy Football channels and uh, writing articles for you guys. Uh, Pretty much excited to see. Yeah, I'm on Scout as well, so Team Scout. Yeah, I'll take the opportunity to uh, say I'll chuck my link below as well if you want to become a, a Scout member or if you've got a referral, I'll chuck it down there, Ali. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. It's always good catching up with you. Uh, best of luck and hopefully uh, catch up again later in pre season, mate. Same to you. Thanks for having me. Sports Social Podcast Network.